The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you are in the right place. Today's buzz, corporate innovation. So let's talk about it. How often are your organization's decision makers really right? That's right. I said really right. Well, if the answer is not often enough and their typical excuses wag that finger at your data, I said your data, they say, oh, it's too much, it's too fast, it's too big, or it's just plain bad data, then maybe it's high time you take a closer look at the analytics tools they're using. I have three experts on the panel today, and let's hear what they have to say. Our first guest sent me this interesting quote. Her name is Elizabeth Hedstrom-Handlin from TBR, and she says, No matter where you are in your BI adoption journey, that's business intelligence, there has never been a better market to be a buyer of new technologies, especially within business intelligence and analytics. We'll be talking to Elizabeth in just about two minutes and find out why she says this is a good time to go out and find the right analytics to help your team make Make those better decisions. Also joining us today is Mark Lenke from CSC, and he says, we're no closer to the answer if we cannot discover the right question, and the question after the question is the one to focus on. Leveraging a big data and analytics approach creates a flow of information that spawns new thoughts and analysis. Sounds like Mark Lenke at CSC is very optimistic. We'll be talking to him in just a moment as well. And Panit Supple from SAP says, newer forms of innovation are cropping up, some inspired by age-old practices from around the world. He says, rethink how to invest in the future. Also very optimistic, and we'll be hearing from Panit in just a minute. So join us for the next hour for Corporate Evolution, Investing in Analytics. I have a quick question for my Game Changers listeners. And by the way, I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and this is Coffee Break with Game Changers. We're actually up to episode number 96, and today we're coming to you live. It's Wednesday, July 31st, 2013. It's 11 o'clock on the East Coast and 8 o'clock on the West Coast, and we hope you're joining us live. If not, you can get the podcast about in an hour on the Business Channel. Okay, so question for my Game Changer listeners. You have vast volumes of business data. What do they need? Instant action access, and timely, insightful analysis. That's what we're talking about today. Well, SAP HANA can come to the rescue for your company. Go to our page on the Business Channel, click any banner, and look for a page of freebies, and there's a free value calculator 
for you with our compliments. So let's find out who my guests are. Today we're welcoming Mark Glinke. We'll go in a different order. Mark Glinke is the Global Director of CSC Big Data and Analytics, Manager of Pre-Sales for CSC Business i5 Contents, a partner with over 25 years of information systems experience. Mark is a trusted advisor for clients on solution architecture. Welcome, Mark Glinke. How are you? Just fine, Bonnie. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. We need you a drop louder, and then you'll be just wonderful. And joining us also is Elizabeth Hedstrom-Henlin, an analyst in TBR, that's Technology Business Research's Software Practice. Elizabeth leads TBR's corporate coverage of vendors, including Oracle, SAP, VMware, and Workday. She is the lead analyst on TBR's recently launched Business Intelligence and Analytics Software Vendor Benchmark, which is why she's here on the panel. Welcome, Elizabeth. How are you? Hi, Bonnie. I'm great. How are you doing? Wonderful. I know you got a little something going on in your throat, but we're so thrilled you're a trooper and you're joining us live, and we're delighted to have you, Elizabeth. So we'll we'll be gentle on your throat, okay? I, I wouldn't miss it for the world, Bonnie. <laughs> Thank you so much. And rounding out the panel is Panit Suppel from SAP. He's on the Database and Technology SAP HANA team. He is an active evangelist for reinventing business models and propagating solutions that recognize the impact of in-memory computing, enterprise mobility, and enterprise Cloud Solutions. Welcome back to the show, Panit. How are you today? I am doing fine. Thank you. Okay, good. Glad you could join us again. Now let's go back into the opening and let's take those quotes apart. We're going to go ladies first. Elizabeth, you said no matter where you are in your BI adoption journey, there's never been a better market to be a buyer of new technologies, especially because of your focus at TBR. You're talking about BI, business intelligence and analytics. So talk to me, Elizabeth, what do we mean by a better time to be a buyer of new technologies? Well, Bonnie, business intelligence and analytics is such a diverse market, and it covers it covers opportunities for customers from spreadsheets all the way up to predictive analytics and data visualization. And as we track this market, we're noticing a lot of, of vendors getting into this space with new cloud-delivered offerings in this market, and it's really creating a very exciting time for customers to evaluate not just vendors that have, they've always known, but new vendors that have the opportunity to give them a quick glimpse into what BI can do for them. So it's a buyer's market when there's a lot of people bringing products to market, and it's a, it's a very exciting time to be tracking this space, that's for sure. Good, I'm glad. And is, is this really good news for people who are in the dark who just don't get what analytics can do? And is, is the light at the end of the tunnel in terms of there's a lot of choice, but what about the education process and understanding how do you choose these new technologies, Elizabeth? Well, you know, Bonnie, that's a really interesting question, and I think it really depends on, on the customer that you are. If, if you've really been hesitant until now to engage in BI analytics, as a lot of the customers that we've talked to have been, the chance now is really to understand not just from customers that started that journey a little, perhaps a little earlier in terms of what it, what's worked for them, but mm-hmm. looking at vendors, and you can go from the smaller players that I talked to earlier all the way up to the legacy enterprise vendors that you may have been working with all along. And it's a chance to really understand from these vendors why they're investing in analytics because they understand the need of their customers to mm-hmm. get new insights from the data they already have in-house, never mind the data they still got to go out and collect. It's a chance to really create immediate business value from what you already own. Great. 
Good, good perspective, good starting point. Thank you, Elizabeth. We're going to give your voice a rest for a minute. Let's turn to Mark. Mark says, Mark, I love this. I'm not sure what you mean, so why don't you help me out? We're no closer to the answer if we can't discover the right question. And the question after the question is the one to focus on. Mark, if I tried to diagram that sentence, I don't know where I'll end up, probably across the other side of the George Washington Bridge and back across the Tappan Zee. So tell me, Mark, what are we talking about here in terms of your focus on leveraging big data and analytics approaching for this flow of information. Talk to me. Sure. It's uh, it's pretty straightforward. Like Elizabeth said, there's a lot of data to be uh, used internally, and companies can really take advantage of, of that, and they're finding multiple different sources and trying to put them together. Uh, the, the, the question to find out is not what happens once you put it all together and you can then put it in one place and find out the basics that have been running your business for a while. Once you have that in place, now it spawns a whole list of questions. What are my competitors doing? How do I compete in the marketplace? Who are my new customers I need to be searching for? How do I can keep those customers? How do I manage my supply chain better? And as soon as you answer those questions, it spawns another series of questions, which go deeper and richer and cause you to bring more data together and actually have higher demands for faster turnaround on that data. Very interesting. So you're saying just keep going deeper until you get to the right place. I, I know I've used that method in actually in, there are some marketing guidelines in terms of how do you know what you're really trying to create to sell something or market something to a customer, and you have to keep asking the question why, and when you really have the answer, then you really know where you are. So I, I get it. Good. Thank you, Mark. And Panit Seppel, let's talk, turn to you. You're looking forward. You're looking to the future. You're saying newer forms of innovation are cropping up. Some, but this is interesting, Panit, you say some are inspired by age-old practices from around the world. That tells me culture, that tells me history, that tells me continuity. And you're saying rethink how to invest in the future. So let's go back a little bit in time, Panit, when you say innovation inspired by age-old practices around the world. Talk to me. Well, Bonnie, uh, first of all, I'm absolutely in agreement with what uh, Elizabeth and Mark have just said. And I think when I think about why you picked on that one quote that I <laughs> mentioned to you earlier, I'm thinking it is all tied together. Uh, but, so let me first address the age-old practices uh, piece of this uh, comment, because I think uh, you are very curious, and I want to put that curiosity to rest. The, there was an article that we came across, I think, um, maybe over a year ago, about something called Jugard Innovation, J-U-G-A-A-D, and this word is a local word used in India rather colloquially to refer to um, that something that can be best described as innovation at the edge. So when resources are scarce, people figure out ways to make stuff happen, uh, create new processes or create new business models or just generate new value in some creative, innovative fashion. And that was always something that people sort of did, but I think it is being studied at some of the major business schools now as a way for many, many organizations around the world, especially in developing countries, and especially in, well, not just in developing countries, even um, organizations in the more developed economies, especially because many of these economies are now suffering from various uh, economic um, problems. So the thing is that when you engage in this kind of innovation, it opens up a whole vista of possibilities previously not thought of because you're often constrained by cost, you're constrained by what can or cannot happen. But when you start thinking creatively beyond the, the norm or beyond, or, you know, to use a cliche, when you start thinking really out of the box, uh, 
mm-hmm. to start to identify newer ways to do things. So when I say rethink how you invest in the future, that is actually a very loaded statement there because it's not only about rethinking how you think about in innovation and investment, but rethink where you are going to target that. And that goes back really to what Elizabeth and Mark have just said. If it's a buyer's market today, and I you know, agree with Elizabeth, there are many options out there. It's exciting for people in the BI analytics space. But some of that is also because we have, in, in many areas, in, in, you know, in, in our uh, economy, in our, in our ecosystem, I should say, where we've highlighted and spotlighted different ways in which BI analytics can change how people do business. I mean, a shameless plug for SAP HANA here, but that is an example of what has, you know, how you change, how you look at analytics as a whole, how you use that to actually drive execution in real time. So people are beginning to look at things in a very different light, and that should hopefully give them a way to rethink how they invest. You know, tied to what Mark said, it is the question after the question, no doubt about it. Previously, mm-hmm. we couldn't even think about what would come after the question because we were so consumed by answering the first round of questions, and it was exhausting and resource-consuming. Now, if we rethink how we innovate, we rethink how we invest, we can get to those questions and we can move the dial forward in a very, very different way. Thank you. I like that. That's a good stopping point for right now. We're going to take a breath, give Elizabeth a chance to rest her throat. We're all going to regroup in just a second. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers brought to you by SAP. Our topic today, corporate evolution, investing in analytics. We have so much great information and, and so many good insights to share with you. My panelists today are Elizabeth Hedstrom-Hanlon at TBR, Mark Lenke at CSC, Puneet Supple at SAP. I almost have a pop quiz for my listeners. Can you figure what they all have in common? Yes, their companies can be described in just three letters. No periods. We're playing alphabet soup today. Corporate evolution. We'll be right back. Don't even think of touching that dial, that app, that mouse. Coming up, we'll find out what's in your cup today from my three panelists. Don't even go away. Brad, out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. 
there we are, and it's time for us to find out what my guests are drinking today. I'm looking for something very therapeutic from Elizabeth Hedstrom Handlin. What are you doing for that throat, Elizabeth, and where are you calling from today? Oh, Bonnie, I'm too much of a coffee junkie. I can't give it up. I'm <laughs> I'm calling from Boston, and because I'm too much of a Boston girl and it's the height of summer up here, it's got to be iced coffee. Iced coffee. And what do you put in that iced coffee? Come on, need a little more, a little more oh, description nothing, here. Nothing, nothing but milk, but it's because I like my coffee too strong. I can't put sugar in it anymore. And does the coffee have a flavor or a brand? We love name dropping. Oh, well, today it's Starbucks because I just got back from, vis- from a business trip, but usually my Nespresso pot machine and I are the very best of friends. <laughs> That's what we were looking for. Thank you very much. Mark, where are you calling from today? Mark Lanky from CSE. And a shout-out to Melissa Calkins at CSE as well. Mark, where are you calling from and what are you drinking? Thanks, Bonnie. I'm from Atlanta. I'm a, I'm a coffee drinker as well. Uh, I've been told to stay on decaf, though. <laughs> You're like me. They don't let me have caffeine on show days. So what decaf beverage is in your cup today? Um, Starbucks all the way and infatuated with it. Okay. Any particular flavor? We're always looking for some some tips from the panelists here. Uh, no, I'm I'm just uh, pretty much hot fluid and uh, decaf just to keep the juices uh, flowing and make the body go. It's, uh, the brain once it gets going just needs a little energy. Okay. Thank you very much. And Panit Supple, what are you drinking today? Where are you? I am in the Bay Area today, and I am drinking my favorite, which is strong Assam tea, and it is therapeutic and has caffeine. Oh, okay. We got some cav- a little bit of caffeine going here on the panel, and the rest of us will just take up the slack. Mark Linky, I decided to open with you. You had an interesting point, and we're going to kick off with this, and then we'll go to all of the panelists. And Elizabeth and Panit, don't be afraid to jump in at any point. Interrupt me anytime you like. That's what we love here. So, Mark Lenke, you're talking about a new trend. Businesses are driving into new markets, new industries, not just horizontal and vertical. So let's talk about the trends in business before we get into why analytics, why BI is so incredibly critical today to understanding your data. And then we'll go back to Elizabeth and find out, well, we're talking about the data you already have. So, Mark, kick us off. The new trends in business, where are they going? How do they know what new markets to drive into? Oh, it's, it's so the recession has caused a lot of rethinking at corporate headquarters, uh, and there's a lot of push to find uh, a, a better commodity for their current clients, um, a, more retention of the existing market, and that's caused them to think about how they service those customers better and then types of services they can add to those. So, you know, think about the telecom companies that are now in uh, the social media space or in uh, downloadable media space. So I had a conversation with Verizon, and they think they're, one of their competitors is Apple because they're both downloading media. I, you know, looking at uh, firms like Nike, who's now in the sports medicine space because they sell sports watches. And those things are generating tons of sets of information that need to be analyzed by clients and can be commoditized and used by others. We see on television the telematics that the insurance companies are trying to put in cars to track where the children are and the GPS and the safety modes and so forth, generating a ton of information. And now those companies need to have information about to leverage those new marketing campaigns to expand their product lines. Very interesting. It sounds to me like creative thinking, uh, what we used to call brainstorming. I don't know if we still do. And, and think tanks where they're saying we have a sports watch. We're now in the sports medicine industry. Is that a stretch and a leap of faith, Mark? Or do you think it's a good decision? I, well, it, so it depends on their market direction. But, you know, when Nike moves into a market, they're serious about it. Uh, if yeah. you think about it, everybody that's wearing a sports watch, no matter where they get it, is probably generating more data than your doctor knows about you already today, including heart rate, 
uh, monitor exercise patterns, probably even some food or calorie intake or calorie spent. That can be critical as we move into new healthcare program, and that may become a data source that's usable or consumable by other companies. So you look at Nike, maybe not just selling product, but selling data to other firms, and that becomes a great impact for needing to have uh, information visualization and uh, joining different sets of data together. Thank you, Mark. Elizabeth, I want you to jump here from your perspective as an analyst uh, for TBR and the software practice and looking as you do from, from your perch above the business, uh, business intelligence and analytics over those marketplaces. How will BI and analytics, are they coming up to speed to help companies, like Mark was describing, meet those needs where they're saying, hey, let's get creative and look at a broader brush approach to what are we actually bringing to the marketplace? What industries can we dip into or forge into? So how is RBI and analytics going to help them mine this data and do this well, Elizabeth? Well, thanks, Bonnie. And I I can't agree more with Mark and with the point that Panit made earlier. I think what we're seeing right now is this perfect intersection of opportunity where customers have a need and vendors have spent enough time in this space that the products have really started to mature. So need meets opportunity and Customers can go in any number of different directions. So when we look at uh, talking to end users of BI and analytics, what they're really telling us is, you know, we're hearing a lot of the same things that Mark just outlined. It's, you know, backs against the wall, ITs, look, you know, feeling lots of new, new needs from the line of business users to help them understand where the business can go next. And the best place for, cu- for a customer to start is with the data they already have on their customers. So when we look at BI and analytics, we're seeing a real rise for end customers as they look to find new ways to not only build reports but dashboard them for line of business users and then take a look at the data they have and, to Mark's point, get predictive about Mm -hmm. what other areas they could be servicing these customers in, whether it's tangential to the markets that they're already in or whether it's an entirely new option in and of itself. And when we look at vendors in this space, we start to see those partnerships already, even with the BI vendors, where they're looking to uh, looking to vendors that have perhaps a, par- a product that's complementary to their own. So customers are looking to new options and new ideas. We see vendors in this space doing the same. So there's just a lot of energy and motion in this market right now, and it's nothing but good news for customers and buyers. Good, good. And, Panit, I want you to jump in here. You can go anywhere you want. I know you blog uh, in the, the SEN blog and, and Cafe Innovation, and you're talking about lean and effective ways of innovating. So would you put under the umbrella of innovation, Panit, the way companies are getting more creative with how can they really take what they're doing and go into new markets, new industries, but they need to have that data to support everything. So what's your perspective, Panit? Well, absolutely. I mean, we are increasingly a data-driven society, data-driven economy, and data-driven world, really. And uh, the fact that it's doubling every, you know, I think, you know, the, the, the stats are going to change. They're going to announce it's going to double every month pretty soon at <laughs> the rate we're going. But the point is for, for people to get a hold of their data and to be able to make something happen from it, you know, the, the timelines have changed as well. So it's not just a question of, being able to mine the data, get to it, and make smart decisions, have great dashboards, and have the tools to analyze in different ways. All that Mm -hmm. is fabulous, uh, including predictive and so forth. 
But people also want the ability to do that faster. They want to do it now. They want to be in the moment. And there is that aspect of it, too, that we are seeing increasingly become a demand. And it's, it's, I think it's human nature. The more we have, the more we want, right? So, and, of course, uh, this whole notion of, as I've been, you know, we, we often tell our kids that we shouldn't get into this instant gratification thing. But mm-hmm. we as a society, we as a human race, I think, are guilty of it. And, and the way things are moving and the way businesses want to, uh, you know, adapt uh, very rapidly to changing conditions and changing models, it, it, is, it is definitely a need of the times. So w- when people are looking to innovate, they are also looking for technologies and tools and, and, and ideas that will help them do that. It's, it's something they were not able to do in the past. And this goes back to the earlier comment that Elizabeth made, that there is a lot of capability in the marketplace now to help people think that way. And certainly, I mean, I don't want this to turn into another HANA plug but I will mention the word again. The is, I mean, of course, I'm in that area, so I eat, live, right. breathe daily. And I, see, okay. and I see customer reactions to, to the sort of things they are now able to do that they couldn't do before, and they can do that in the moment. That, along with being able to be predictive, being able to get to data they couldn't before, all of these things are driving a whole new way of thinking. And a lot of companies are reorienting their investments, their, their technology investments, their investments in their people, to align with that so they can go very rapidly from data to insight to execution. Okay, I have a question for all of you. Thank you, Panit. My question is, uh, I have an excerpt here from one of the blogs Panit Supple has written, and I'm going to pose this to all three of you on the panel. We have about four minutes till break, and we'll continue this part of the the topic when we come back. Uh, Panit says, most companies have too few analytic-savvy workers a strong need to develop them. There's a strong need, so they're sufficient informed skeptics to make good decisions based on good data. So my question to the panel is, we're talking about companies saying, look at these inroads we can make, look at these new industries, look how creatively we can take what we do well and bring it to solve issues, solve problems in markets, in countries, in industries where we never dreamed we already think we are, and we have these new new crops of great analytics tools and BI tools and dashboards and strategies. Wow. But let's get back to the human side. I'm asking the panel, the analytic savvy workers, you just don't give somebody a dashboard and say, hey, go out and be smart. Elizabeth, let's start with you. How do you feel about the people who are capable of, whose mindsets are focused on being able to use analytics and BI tools? Talk to me. I love that phrase, the informed skeptic, because I think that's really where this market is at. And it's it's an adoption curve that we've been watching happen over and over again, especially in the last two or three years, starting just as an example with public cloud adoption. So you're really looking at the opportunity to change the mindsets of so many people in so many businesses, not just in IT, but in those line of business functions by making BI and analytics not only self-service to the line of business, Mm -hmm. but making it a packaged, coherent solution. And I think that's really where you're going to start seeing so much shifting and changing, not just in terms of vendors playing nicely together to align their products, but looking at not just offerings like SAP HANA from SAP, but Exalytics from Oracle and the forthcoming analytics offerings from Workday, vendors really looking to integrate analytics and BI features into existing software installations just to make it that much easier for 
everyone to push a button and get the insights that they need. So I, I think that the time is now to really change those mindsets across customer businesses. Thank you very much, Elizabeth. And you know what? You took me right up to the break. So I would like, like to ask Mark Lenke from CSC and Panit Supple from SAP to think about this. And when we come back, we'll continue talking about the people who are now and will be using smarter opportunities to leverage analytics and BI for their companies. I'm talking with Elizabeth Hedstrom Henlam. TBR, Mark Lenke, CSC, Panit Supple, SAP. Our topic today, corporate evolution investing in analytics. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. We'll be right back. Brad out. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase, an SAP company, offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com Voice America Business Network The bottom line in business You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com and you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at twitter hashtag sapradio now let's get back to coffee break with game changers here we are and we're back and we're talking about corporate evolution investing in analytics and we left off talking about the people who are going to be using those analytics and I want to ask Mark Lenke from CSC and Panit Supple to jump in from where we left off with Elizabeth Hedstrom Henlin from TBR. Let's talk about those informed skeptics. What kind of training do people need to be able to leverage the value in these new innovative technologies? Mark Lenke, let's start. Well, I think there's uh, three things to focus on. Uh, clearly, the far edge of the spectrum is the data scientist, which is a brand-new term that's come into the, uh, into the industry. Uh, but I think that's far-reaching, and there aren't really a tremendous need for tens of thousands of those. But it, it's becoming more commonplace, clearly. But as Elizabeth said, uh, self-service is the key to the adoption. Once you can put the capability inside of uh, our, our folks who are trying to do analysis today, and then I think coupled with the third point, which is real-time, in-memory analytics, you solve mm-hmm. the problem. When you, when you have to slow the data down, when you have to take time to do the analysis, and somewhere in the middle of it is a cup of coffee, you lose your train of thought, it takes a long time to get to it, and you really don't get competitive in the nature of the thought process you go to, and you don't hunt down the problems, you don't hunt down the opportunities. When you can do it faster at the pace of the mind, you really can have some breakthrough ideas, and I think that's where, that's where the science is going. We're talking human genomics, speeds, mm-hmm. inside agriculture today. Thank you, Mark. Padit, join us. What do you think? Before I tell you what I think, I want to set the record straight slightly. The quote informs skeptics. I cannot take credit for that. I referenced it in a blog that I wrote called Run Superior with SAP HANA. And uh-huh. the, quote, actually, the quote actually came from an article 
that really impressed me that was published in the Harvard Business Review, I think April 2012 or thereabouts. And they talked about it in there. And so I, that's what inspired me to write that blog. But, uh, but, you know, that doesn't change the nature of our discussion. But I just wanted to make sure I set the record straight. I can't take credit for that expression. But, I, but like, just like Elizabeth and Mark, I love that expression because it just, you know, points to a problem that we have. Uh, and the thing is that until now, many companies have not been uh, impressed by the fact that they even needed to go down that path. They thought they were doing just okay. But as we are beginning to shine the spotlight on areas that were previously not explored or analyses that couldn't get done, or to Mark's point, if, if you slow down the data analysis, you lose your train of thought, you, you end up doing more run-of-the-mill type of things, or you dream about doing things which were not possible by technology before. But with technologies such as SAP HANA, you can really leverage real-time, uh, true real-time in-memory uh, type of uh, capabilities that will allow you to go into areas you couldn't before because now speed is, not, is not, never going to be compromised or, or reaction time is not going to be compromised just because you have volumes of data. Also, your, the ability to do things as they are happening is never going to be compromised. When you're able to do all of this, you're able to, you're able to shine a spotlight on areas that were previously dark, if you will, and people then begin to realize that, oops, we really need to take a look at our data more closely. We need to figure out where it's coming, what's going on with it, and how do we use it, which is why increasingly we hear more about data scientists. We hear about people focusing on these kind of issues where they can actually design appropriate approaches for a business within a certain industry, et cetera. The point being the focus is now shifting to the people because now that technology is no longer a limiting factor. I think we will see more and more of um, the organizations out there looking at uh, maybe reshuffling the deck or improving the – or no, I shouldn't say improving, but enhancing the, the skill sets mm -hmm. that they have uh, in their organizations to take a different look at how we do things and what we do with all this data that continues to pile up and continues to come at us with great speed. Okay, I want to talk about cost now. I'm going to ask Elizabeth to jump in here. Uh, one of the comments in this blog, Panit and I have been referencing, he, he said, uh, I don't know if this is your words, Panit, you said, in my experience, but I'm going to read the last part of this quote you sent me. The problem has persisted because historically it has been often, quote, enormously expensive or even prohibitively so to get to the good data. So, Elizabeth, from your viewpoint of the marketplace, of the vendors who are providing these superior and these streamlined analytics and these great usable dashboards that are going to help companies mine this data. How is cost uh, factoring into this? Is it going down? Is it becoming economical now? Elizabeth, do we have you? Hi, Bonnie. I think what you're looking at right now really is a landscape where there a lot of the kinks have been beaten out of these systems. So you see a lot of the vendors that got in early really Go, starting that commoditization route. So now you've got now customers have their choices for BI partners, and they run the gamut from enterprise solutions vendors to pure play providers. And each of these vendors are making choices for their own growth that are directly influencing customer options and driving down costs. And we touched on this a little bit earlier, but you see some of the legacy installed vendors adding analytics into core products that customers already have installed. Mm -hmm. very low-cost way to weave analytics into a customer environment. And then you see some of these 
smaller, what we call pure play vendors like Pentaho and Tableau, really looking at taking one very narrow slice of that market. And again, some of the some of the high points of adoption that we hear from customers really center on that data visualization, that making it real for their line of business constituency, and that predictive analytics for those cu- for those customers that really know what they want to do with the data and how they want to bring it in and make that even faster. So whether it's incremental additions to a product or whether it's a very targeted but very high interest for customers product, vendors are really looking at how can they deliver this for customers in a very incremental cost and price point for them to really capitalize on customers slowly releasing ability to spend. Okay, I have a question for all three panelists, for Elizabeth, Mark, and Panit. We have not identified that I can recall in the past, what do we got, uh, 38 minutes on the air. We have not identified the types of companies we're speaking about. We haven't said if they're startups, if they're lower-end SMEs, small to mid-size, if they're mid-size, mid-size, or if they're what I like to call the behemoth enterprises, the huge global corporations that have tentacles everywhere in the world. So we're talking about investing in analytics. We've talked a little bit about the cost, but I don't think we've talked about what the impact is on a small company. Let's start with a company starting out. We did a show recently with some very exciting startups, and they are harnessing technology. The ones that understand it, embrace it, leverage it, train their people to use it, are coming out of the gate kicking and screaming, and they're taking their particular industries by storm, the good ones, the smart ones, the lucky ones, because they plan. They understand the need to invest in technology, the right technology. So so, uh, Mark, let's go with you now, please, or, or Panit, Elizabeth, anybody jump in. What are we talking about from your perspective in terms of how much should a small company, a brand-new company, or a, let's say one-year-old, up to a year-old, think about their budget in terms of, and don't give me dollars or specific products, but in terms of investing in our BI, what we're talking about, BI, and even predictive right from the get-go. Mark, you want to start this? Sure. I think that the strategy up front has got to be core for laying out the business plan. Um, it's kind of looking at the infrastructure of how you're going to collect and store transactions and need to report on them. Um, at the same time, you have to look at suppliers and downstream uh, uh, vendors. And that just to be competitive in that space or break into where there's barriers, you've got to be competitive, and the analytics are the key to it. Uh, and, what, and, and by the way, it's, mm-hmm. it's not a paper-based form. They're pushing it to the mobile devices, so they're doing this on the road. They're using iPads and other forms, and that's that's standard for even the smaller firms. So would you say it's part of the mindset? It has to be part of the, the mindset and the DNA of the company from the get-go, Mark? Uh, and and we didn't have to teach them. They were already there. They, they've learned that. And they know that. And most of those uh, startups have had corporate experience, and they're entrepreneurs in their head, so they're already thinking ahead. I agree. Okay, Good. Panit, without, without uh, doing more on, uh, we, know, we know you love HANA, we know how great it is, but let's talk about where it figures, where this analytics mindset figures in. Let's move from the startups, I think Mark covered that very well, to the mid-sized companies. They've been around, oh, I don't know, two to ten years. They're, they're growing enough. They're coping. They have their eyes set on the, on the brass ring, but maybe not a huge brass ring. So where does analytics fit into that landscape for them, for their planning? their strategy for their mindset. Panit? 
it, it, it is becoming bigger and bigger uh, for them as well because as I, as we all recognize you know with the with the way things are today people want to be able to drive their businesses based on good information it's all about data to insight to execution and they want to do it looking ahead not looking in the rear view mirror to to um, piggyback on something elizabeth said earlier it's about predictive that is really really attractive to a lot of these um, um, mid-sized companies as well, because they realize that for competitive advantage, they need to have the ability to go much further than they could with, you know, with what other their size companies were doing or what they were doing even 10 years ago. So indeed, it is becoming a larger part of their budgets, I believe. It is becoming a bigger priority for them. And as they're looking at deploying new projects, uh, they are certainly looking at how they can either bake in an analytics component or even put aside some other core projects and, again, uh, have more of an analytics focus so that, again, back to the point I made earlier, they can shine that light uh, better on their data and be able to figure out how they can better use that for competitive advantage. Thank you, Panit. So let me pose this to, to all three of you, to Elizabeth and Mark and Panit. Can you imagine what the conversation would be? Let's talk about a mid-sized company Panit was just addressing. Can you imagine what the conversation will be? You get everybody in the auditorium or the biggest conference room and you put it on little telescreens and you broadcast it to everybody's iPad or their, their iPhones and you say, okay, kids, we're tired of your saying we have bad data or there's just too damn much of it. We're going to give you some tools to really leverage the data. We're all going to get really, really smart and that starts tomorrow. So heads down, heads up, we're training you, we're bringing in analytics. Is that the way a company starts that conversation? Who can help me with that? Because I've, I've never been around when that happens. Elizabeth, please. I can actually, because um, we've done a number of points of research on this that really led to our launching the BI software vendor benchmark that you mentioned earlier in our, in our hour. Mm-hmm. But when we talk to mid-market companies and enterprise companies, Ironically, the conversations that they told us they had with with their line of business users were completely the same. And I've actually got a quote in front of me from a CIO that we talked to in the mid-market. And this is in communications and media. And he said, it's very important to locate hidden areas of potential growth and to organize the data to trap future opportunities. So we saw that across company segments, it really came down to return on investment. And it usually deployment started in sales and finance because that was really where it was the sharpest alignment to business needs and it was the easiest case to make to say, yes, there is a clear need and this is where we can most rapidly get a return on that investment. Okay, thank you. Mark, what do you think? I agree. In fact, uh, I think in in companies – the minute they're, they're successful, they're pushing their website, they're pushing their markets, they're pushing their channels, and the marketing and sales team are clearly leading the demand for better analytics. That drives back to commissions and sales and the finance perspective, which then drives back to, you know, financial close and the operational. You, once it's announced to the company that we're going to clean and they make an approach, and you can go both ways. I've, I've been in a, a conference hall where actually we've done that as a corporate environment and said, all right, we're going to clean from the stop. Everybody's got a responsibility to take these pieces. But there's another critical part of that, which is their master data. And once they recognize they have to leverage and use that for their roll-ups and organization, that becomes a complete buy-in by folks. There's also, you know, those who are uh, used to doing it the old way and not necessarily willing to move into a new governance model. 
But I think once they recognize the value of the good data, everybody's on board. It, it serves their, their daily needs to have information mm-hmm. on their fingertips. That sounds very exciting. And you know what? It's exciting for me to say we're out of time on the roundtable, but I'm excited because the prediction segment is coming up. We call that the crystal ball here on Coffee Break with Game Changers. When we come back after a very brief break, we will talk to Elizabeth Hedstrom Henland from TBR, Mark Lanky from CSC, Panit Supple from SAP, and I'll ask them to fast forward, dial ahead five entire years to the year 2018, and tell me, will we even be having this conversation about corporate evolution, investing analytics, or will any company anywhere in every industry, every part of the world, every line of business already be so savvy and smart about analytics that it will just be pro forma. Nobody will even be discussing it. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Don't even think of touching that dial. The most exciting parts yet to come. We'll be right back. Brad out. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP. SAP Systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Here we are. Crystal ball is up on the table. I can sort of see through my crystal ball that Elizabeth has hers out. She's polishing it off with this fancy silk chamois something. I don't know. It's looking very, very clear there. Mark Lanky, I don't know what you're using, some kind of a, uh, a duster from the garage there. And Panit Supple, I'm not sure what you're polishing yours off with. But I think all three of you are now positioned to think and see ahead very clearly Five years to 2018, if you can see that far. So let's talk about investing in analytics. Where will companies be? And, and feel free to address the range of company sizes and even pick on some specific industries if you'd like. Elizabeth, let's go first, please. Crystal Ball. So, well, when we put our when we launched our BI um, software vendor benchmark, we put our, our our stake in the ground, and this is really focusing on tools and platforms. So, really, these feature-led points of adoption, as we talked about, ranging from everything from spreadsheets to data visualization, predictive analytics, basically everything excluding applications and data warehousing. And we're really, we see this market still set to grow. We're projecting growth rates in excess of 9% across the next 36 months to reach more than $25 billion for a vendor market by 2015. And what that really means for me is that when you take that and include data warehousing, include applications, the next three years are really where I think you're going to see this market continue to just spike 
in terms of growth, and that means more development, more purchasing opportunities for customers before things really start to level out. Okay. Thank you very much. Mark, what do you see? I have a little bit different perspective. Um, Please. Well, I I think there will be great growth. I think that there's a number of things that are going to happen that are going to change the way we live. We're not going to slow down on the use of uh, personal devices and the CPU that's attached to our body called the smartphone. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to continue to generate a lot more data, uh, and firms are going to use that in a lot more uh, creative ways. And I think that's going to cause us to move uh, from our standard descriptive type analysis and past predictive to prescriptive, asking why or creating a hypothesis about what's happening in, in the world out there. Why did a certain event happen? Why did this bad thing happen? Why did this good thing happen? And those are going to create events back in our businesses that drive business decisions even faster. So this wrapping the uh, data warehouse, the implementation of the enterprise activity, all within the process of building new products, building new processes, is all going to get inter- uh, interwoven together. I can't see five years out. That's, that's a really long way out. But certainly okay. in the next few years, there's going to be an explosion in that space. Okay, and will companies be understanding that they cannot do business without this, Mark? Will this be a, an understood for anybody that you just have to have these dashboards, you have to have the right fit analytics, you have to train your people, you have to make them curious and smart at the same time? What do you think? Well, not only are the companies recognizing, you're seeing it push all back to the education level. Uh, when you're coming out, of, folks that are coming out of college know that they have to have pointed known information about particular industries and specific solution sets if they're going to make it and, and be a leader in a, in a, inside of a company when they get a job, even in, uh, an interim job as they're, as they're moving into their career. This is, this is pointed and built in. It's going to be a part of all of our lives. And look at those who set up sites, a website, and then instantly look for Google Analytics of who's visiting. And mm-hmm. with Twitter, we're watching everything for analytics. That's true. That's true. We want numbers and we want impacts and we want to know everything and we want to know it right now. So I guess you're right on an even casual basis. We want to be able to analyze before we make decisions right down to the very small everyday consumer level decision making. Good points. Thank you. Panit, I know you have a lot to say about the future. Why don't you take a good two, two and a half minutes? We've got plenty of time. So what do you see in that crystal ball? How far out can you go? Panit Supple from SAP, please. I'm going to start by narrating something I read a very long time ago. It was a story about Gandhi. We all know who Gandhi was, uh, the you know, non-violent, civil disobedience-oriented leader from India who helped win India independence from the British. Uh, they asked him a question once. Uh, some newspaper interviewed him and asked and said to him, uh, there was a sudden topic, sudden social issue that he apparently changed his position on. And they said, you know, a few years ago, you said something totally different. Aren't you contradicting yourself? And he mm-hmm. said that this may sound contradictory, but I have since then learned a lot more about this topic. I have gained a lot more experience around it. And I think uh, it is, you know, no shame to change my stance based on better information that I now have. Why, why I thought of this story just as you we were talking right <laughs> now is, that the way we think and the way we uh, adapt and the way we address things changes. So our, our need for information, our need for analytics, our need for being able to process this data better and in a more dynamic fashion is probably never going to go away. So if I look ahead 
three years, five years, ten years. I mean, I agree with Mark. I mean, the need for analytics in different ways, maybe the more, shall we say, run-of-the-mill type of things we want to be able to do today. For example, a retailer that wants to get more aggressively between the customer and the cash register today, and that is an exciting thing for a lot of companies around the world, becomes less of an issue in three or five years because everybody's doing it. But there will be mm -hmm. some new frontier that will need to be conquered. And that's the. And I think if I looked into my crystal ball, I think we are going to continue to need the ability to do more with analytics and, in, and business intelligence. I mean, even look at some of the other industries that are now beginning to perk up and go, well, with better data in a more timely fashion, we can do a lot more. Genome analysis, um, SAP, as you know, and I will refrain from going into case study type of information here, but has done a lot with many um, entities around the world in helping with cancer treatment. Because why? Because now we can process something a lot differently, a lot better, a lot faster, a lot simpler than we could before, and it can make a real difference in the lives of people. So we, so we see the need for analytics and information in certain industries getting deeper and more advanced. In some industries, it might sort of plateau, but people will always be looking for new ways to, to leverage the data they already have. So, so in a nutshell, I would say that I see us having a similar conversation in five years, if that's the time frame you said, Bonnie, Mm -hmm. saying, okay, what else is happening now and why is BI or why is the topic of analytics still so important? And quickly on that, I agree quite uh, uh, aggressively with Mark on the fact that we are going to need more prescriptive rather than merely predictive type of capabilities because that is where we are headed. And that's how organizations will set themselves apart and be able to distinguish, distinguish themselves from a, in a you know, from a competitive perspective. Thank you, Panit. I want to just ask Elizabeth to comment, and Panit, very quickly, maybe uh, well, 30 seconds each, because Mark already touched on this, the education aspect of letting kids know in the high school years, in the college years, if you want a job with a big company or if you want to get the knowledge and skills to start your own and do really well, you need to understand what data is, what data is good data, bad data, how to find it, how to mine it, how to analyze it. So any quick comments, Elizabeth, from an education standpoint on what kids should be thinking about and studying even when they're busy playing with their texting on their iPhones what should they be thinking about for their educational future really fast please other other than that I wish I'd had someone asking me that question when I was that age I think really it comes down to this generation that's coming up you know is is more technologically savvy than I think any that's come before so I think they're going to have a real innate understanding of data and that really positions us well to show them how to construct and answer a question just fundamentally and that's really going to allow them to take that next step when the time comes into data. Thank you. Panita, I can give you 10 seconds. I'm just about out of time. Education, talk to me fast. I agree with Elizabeth. I think this new generation will not have to be told anything about it. They are absorbing it. They're living the, the data-driven life already. So for them, it'll come naturally. I think uh, we probably don't have to tell them what special things to do to be more analytics savvy. 
They're right there. Thank you very much. It's time for Bonnie's predictions now coming up next week. Can you believe today is the last day of July? I certainly can't. August 7th, next Wednesday, we're going to be talking about a new topic here on the show, the digital insurer. That's right, insurance companies, insurance industries, opportunities with customer centricity. It's all about the customer experience. And August 14th, we'll be returning to an old topic with a new twist, board diversity, pros and cons of a truly diverse board for your company. Also, you can catch us on financial excellence with game changers now available on demand go look on the business channel and find the coffee cup everywhere and go see all the interesting shows we've done special thank you to elizabeth hedstrom henlin mark lanky panit supple appreciate it shout out again to melissa calkins helping us get this topic together and bringing mark to us malcolm kimberlin as always and brad ryan and the business channel team okay put your seat belts on here's my call to action fasten your seat belt what are you waiting for Go out and be a game changer today. Bonnie D. Graham signing off for Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP. Have a great one. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.